Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. It wasn't very long ago that Chip Franks was taken out on a stretcher in the middle of a conference for entrepreneurs after just having a stroke. His wife was with him crying and his three children were back in the hotel room alone. The overriding thought that was on Chip's mind was actually a question. Did I tell them what I wanted to tell them? That led to writing a book, everything he'd want his kids to know if he wasn't around, something they could take with them and use when the inevitable slings and arrows of life attacked. The result? Life lessons from dad, 101 ways to get more out of life from someone who loves you. Covers it all. It covers everything Chip would ever want his kids to know. In fact, this is a 685-page book. And uh, Chip Franks is our guest today on the Achieve Your Goals podcast. He is a personal friend of mine. Anyone that knows him will tell you he is just a sweetheart of a human being, one of the best people you'd ever meet. But he's really an entrepreneur at heart. From selling calendars door-to-door as a young boy, selling monster stories to friends in Miss Robinson's class in third grade, that was his first paid writing gig, to an illegal nunchuck operation in the sixth grade, selling self-made study guides in the ninth grade, a lawn mowing business throughout high school, selling books door-to-door for 80 hours a week while in college for two summers, and finally, by building and ultimately selling a real estate and property management company after 20 years as a real estate broker. Now, Chip has spoken on the same stages at events with Tony Robbins, Peter Diamandis, Lewis Howes, Damon John, Simon Sinek. He's read over a thousand books. He's a podcast junkie and a consummate student of life with mentors such as Robbins, Jim Rohn, Henry David Thoreau, Seneca, and Joseph Campbell. And he specializes in providing easily actionable ways to improve life. And like I said, most recently, he became a first-time author of the book. The title, again, is Life Lessons from Dad, 101 Ways to Get More from Life from Someone Who Loves You. And it is my great honor to bring on my good friend, Chip Franks. Chip, how you doing, buddy? Oh, man, Hal, I am on top of the world. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, man. And uh, you know, I followed your journey on social media and I saw pictures of you in the hospital. In fact, I don't know if it was at the same time we were going through our hospital journeys, but I think it was pretty close to each other. Yep. I think it's just uh, slightly after mine. Right after. Okay. So take us back to that. Tell us about the stroke. What happened? How did all that go down and what came out of it? Yeah, it was a crazy experience and it's a definitely a wake-up call in life. Uh, I was at a conference for entrepreneurs, Archangel, which we've actually we've been to together. And this one was in Pasadena, California. And I was talking to my, my good friend, Josh, just looking at him in the face. And I was trying to ask him which speakers went that morning because I had a really bad flu. And I was trying to figure out you know, who, who we'd still see that day. And I tried to ask him which speakers were out there, but the, the words coming out of my mouth were just gibberish. And it huh. was a very weird, strange, lucid experience. I mean, I knew exactly what was going on. And in my brain, I knew exactly... Uh, what it was that I wanted to say, and I just physically couldn't say it. And my my sister, who's a speech pathologist, she told me later on that the language and communication part of my brain had been affected, and it wouldn't matter whether I could, I wouldn't be able to write, I couldn't type, or any of of those things. 
And it happened, uh, luckily, with these uh, this group of superheroes. So I had two doctors out uh, with me within five minutes. And within 30 minutes, I was actually in the emergency room. Uh, so that was a, a pretty surreal experience. And my wife was there. She was actually called down from our hotel room at the time and was holding my hand, was extraordinarily worried. And yeah, sometimes I get emotional even thinking about this because the thing that was on my mind as I was being wheeled away on a stretcher was, you know, is this it? Is this the end? And thinking and wondering, did I do enough or did I, did I leave something for my kids? And that was, uh, it was a jarring thought. And I'd actually had started writing some things down for them earlier, but uh, that experience just really uh, put a catalyst under me. And I eventually I sold my business, which was no longer a lot of fun for me and uh, spent this time just researching and heavily uh, getting into uh, all of these things that I wanted my kids to know if I were not around. Wow, man. I, and I can relate on a few different fronts, right? One, you know, having being diagnosed with cancer and, and being in the hospital. But for me, you know, I told my wife, I said, of course, because I was also kind of, you know, it, it was very touch and go on whether or not I was going to live. And that was my one instruction. As I said, Ursula, please have the kids read The Miracle Morning every year. And actually, I told her to have them read Taking Life Head On in The Miracle Morning. I said, starting, you know, when they're old enough to start reading those kind of books, please have them read each of those books. I said, pay them 10 bucks for their, you know, whatever you got to do. But I just, I said, that's the greatest wisdom that I have that I would, you know, want to impart on them as a father. And if I'm not here, that's where it's contained. So I, yeah, the fact that you went and did it is fantastic. And I really think that everybody has a book in them and, you know, for whatever, at the very least, for the reason of passing on your wisdom and your knowledge and life experience to your kids, or if you don't have kids, you know, the relatives, friends, family members, or just strangers that are going to come after you. Yeah, man. So really, really cool. Now, so this is 685 pages. And I didn't know that until you just, uh, <laughs> you just told me and held up the book over the video camera when we were getting ready for today. Well, first, let me ask you this. I know why you wrote the book. I just kind of shared that when I was introducing you, but I want to hear you know, you share like, what were the types of things that were so important for you to be able to put in writing to share with your kids? And by the way, how many kids do you have? What are the ages? And then go into answering uh, why you wrote it, what you wanted them to know. Sure. Uh, Well, I have three children. The first is Mandy. She's 18 years old and she's going into her second year of college now. Uh, Then I have Allie, who is a a secluded genius. She's wonderful. She is 14 years old and she goes to Acton Academy, I believe, like your kids as well. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Awesome place. And uh, and then we have the six-year-old amazing Alec. And he was born with Down syndrome. And I, I know you follow him on Facebook. You've seen him. He is just a, a just a ray of light from God. I mean, that that boy just makes makes everybody that he meets a better person. Wow. Yeah, I see. I always I follow you and his journey. You're always posting uh, pictures and videos of Alec and you out there uh, doing fun stuff together. All right. So that's your kids. And then, yeah. So in your words, what were the types of things that you wanted to, you know, the wisdom that you wanted to impart, the lessons you wanted to leave them with? You know what? There, there are uh, a lot, obviously. I mean, 685 pages. What's uh, <laughs> a real brief with this? And it literally, you know, what's funny is I, I wrote until I felt it was, uh, felt it was time to stop. And that literally happened to be on 101 lessons. And it wasn't planned. It wasn't really? uh, controlled. 
or whatever to be a marketing title or anything like that, which is kind of strange. Yeah. But what I did is I, I divided it up into four sections, and that is the heart, mind, body, and soul. Hmm. And gave them the very best advice that I had, but not really just me. Uh, in fact, what I consider myself and, and probably my unique genius on this is to be a curator and to, to take the best information from, uh, from the masters and, and from the people that have, have uh, walked before us and have accomplished life at a very high level, uh, the spiritual masters, the people that have, have mastered the money world, uh, that have gotten in phenomenal shape and health, and, uh, and in fact, of course, you are mentioned in the book uh, heavily. You did the foreword, of course, but uh, doing the indispensable practice of the miracle morning is one of the pieces of, of life advice. So oh, wow. what I wanted to do is, is basically take everything that I could that was useful, that helps build a better life for an adult, because this is actually it is an adult book. And people ask, oh, is it a kid's book? No, it is specifically made for people that are uh, going into adulthood and that are in adulthood. And uh, it's meant to be kind of a handbook for life. Like, um, so, for instance, I mean, some of the pieces of advice are are actively appreciate it all. And I think uh, I know you're one of the most grateful people that I know. And, and this is like one of the biggest, best lessons that I could tell anybody is that if you're filled with anxiety or fear or uh, what's even worse is entitlement, if you think that the world owes you something or that um, that things should should go according to plan uh, because you plan them or whatever, the, the, the act of appreciation of stepping back and just being truly and profoundly appreciative for all the blessings in our life is one of the the biggest, best lessons I I could tell anyone. Now, do you have any practice, like any practical strategy for how you do that? Meaning, you know, do you do any kind of appreciation or gratitude journaling? Do you incorporate it in meditation? Is it part of prayer? Is it you know, more than one of the, like, I'm just curious if you, how you, because it's one thing to help you to appreciate, because I think anyone would go, yeah, 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 that's, of course, of course, we should be appreciative, and right? So, but do you have any kind of practices, tangible practices that help you facilitate a deeper sense of appreciation? Absolutely. In fact, I feel good about that one, because my appreciation game is strong. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the thing about uh, the, the book and the way it's designed is it does have the life lesson, like appreciate, actively appreciate it all. And it goes into like just even the, uh, the word origin of appreciates and you know, what that means and why it's important. And the fact that you're not just born an appreciative person or not an appreciative person, but it's something that you can uh, become very good at through practice. And those, that's the type of life lesson that it is. But then the second part of it is is the part that we call the advice in practice section. And it's never it's always practice because you're always getting better at it and there's always room for improvement. But the advice in practice is is how do you do it? And just like you did in the Miracle Morning, where it wasn't just saying, you know, hey, do the lifesavers. It's like this is how you do it. And it wasn't it was a book designed not just to to give someone knowledge. And I know you and I have talked about that. Most books and most authors just say, here's the information, you know, have fun with it. You know, good luck. You know, see you later. Yeah. 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 And, and this one in the miracle morning, of course, the, the phenomenon that it is, uh, it actually changes people's behavior. And that's what I wanted with the book is, is for people to be able to take the, the lessons, the things that resonate the most with them and give them a practical plan of, of how to accomplish it. So with that said, 
that you'd asked about appreciation and yeah. what we what we do to appreciate. Uh, the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning, and it's still you know when um, it's still when you're kind of semi conscious and you're just like uh, almost in a dream state. Uh, I have a five minute journal that I use with that. Nice. And one of the first things that it does is it asks you what are the what are three things that you're grateful for, and, and I do that uh, pretty religiously. I don't miss too many mornings of it, uh, and what I find is that that start that primes the pump for the whole day and it gets your antenna up for appreciation. And the first one I do, it's whatever is happens to be on my mind. Like, Oh my gosh, the weather is beautiful outside. Or it could be you know, my, my son and the way he greeted me yesterday, that was on my list this morning. And, uh, and then I do something that's, that's kind of obscure. That's maybe not as, as, uh, in, in your face blessing, something you kind of have to search for a little bit, like, like uh, running warm water, for instance, uh, you know, I mean, just something we take for granted. I mean, sure. just, you know, a few hundred years ago, that would be a dream, you know, to even, a <laughs> so, and here we have it on demand, we turn it on and it's there and we just don't even think about it. I mean, it's just, it's such a blessing. And then the, the last one is either it, it can be, um, and I switch up on this sometimes, but it can be either something that, uh, is an obstacle or a challenge or something that's causing me pain in life. Because I think that if you, if you really, you are acing this appreciation game and acing the game of life, really, if you can be grateful and appreciative, even for the obstacles and the, the things that are in your way. So that's one. And then the other thing is, is uh, gratitude and, and being appreciative for the things that are to come. So uh, this morning I was grateful for our interview and how well it went. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my appreciation practice for the morning. And then, uh, even going on throughout the day, I, I think you were there. I, I talked about this at the, the Archangel conference in, in, uh, 2016, but, uh, I put a penny in my shoe and one of my friends, Dr. Scott law, he taught me this. And anytime I feel that penny move, which I'm going on over three years now of doing this and you never, ever get used to a penny being in your shoe. <laughs> Every time it, it shifts, it reminds me to be mindful and that is to appreciate and also to, to show kindness. And actually, I mean, I don't mean to sound religious or anything like this, but uh, to allow God to show through my actions. And that is any time and every time that penny in my shoe causes it. And it's just, it's a trigger. It's a, a trigger effect, which I tell people to do in the book is to, to have that trigger, to have something in your environments that, uh, that makes you appreciative with it. So you've had a penny in your shoe for three years? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Today I wore open-toed shoes. <laughs> so, so the penny isn't there today, but it's generally it is. Got and it. I even wear five fingers all the time. So the penny is not real comfortable in it. But that's just my little reminder to, to be mindful throughout the day. And it's, it's crazy effective. That's a great metaphor that even when life's uncomfortable, there's always something to be appreciative of, right? So it actually, there's actually a good metaphor there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the, the last thing, and I know I'm killing this, but uh, and, and going overboard on it, but yeah, I think it's one of the biggest backbones that we can have as human beings is to appreciate it all. It's just right before I go to bed, uh, I also have a practice of writing down my wins of saving progress for the day. And then also the things that I appreciate. Uh, so I try and get good bookends and I have it throughout the day as well. And actually, I said lastly, but at 7 p.m., uh, <laughs> my alarm goes off my iPhone and it, it plays What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Nice. And at 7 p.m. every day, 
uh, it says, remember you are blessed. And I just close my eyes as long as I'm not driving and just take uh, literally, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds to breathe deep and just think of what a miracle it all is. And that's the kind of thing that's that's in the book and the kind of things that, that I want to pass on to my children. That's beautiful. So you're saying the book's formatted in that way where, you know, the 101 lessons in there, each lesson is at the end, there's an actionable practice to implement the lesson. Is that what I'm understanding? Absolutely. Yes. Like for appreciation, for example, it has you to, it says, set a, at least one alarm to go off every single day on your phone for the sole purpose of appreciation and counting your blessings. Think of all the things that you love. Think of the special people in your life. Think of the incredible circumstances and serendipity that has brought you to this very point in life. Savor it and thank God for it. And that's just one of the action items for appreciation, for instance. I love it. I mean, I, A, I feel like we could stop the interview now and like that's such value that you just shared because I really believe that the quality of our life in terms of our internal life, our mental and emotional well-being is directly in proportion to the quality of gratitude or using the word appreciation that we are present to, right? Because in life, there's a million things you could complain about at any given moment. And there's a million things that you could be so grateful for. You are in tears if you chose to be that present to how miraculous and what a blessing these things are. And so to me, like the fact that you've got not just one gratitude practice or appreciation practice, but you've got like three, four, five every day from the morning journaling, the evening journaling, the penny in the shoe to reminding you to be mindful and appreciative, the seven o'clock alarm going off with what a wonderful world, right? I mean, you're not just bookending, but you're bookending and infusing your day with so many automated reminders for appreciation, Chip, that, you know, that's why I'd imagine you're such a happy, grateful, thankful uh, human being, right? Well, yes. And, and you know what? And, and I think you know this. Uh, a lot of our, our entrepreneur friends and myself included, uh, we tend to be people that are almost, I don't know what the word is, but maybe manic. Like we can have very high highs and extremely low lows. Sure. And uh, a lot of our friends are, uh, are, capable and have had depressive episodes. And I've been one of those. In fact, after my stroke, the doctor said uh, that you would be, that I would be more prone to uh, high emotions and depression. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I already show my emotions on my sleeve as it is. (laughs) And man, man, that, that really happened. And, and I think that those practices, those appreciation practices, and, and quite honestly, the miracle morning and, and doing the, the scribing and the journaling and the affirmations, those are you know, what, what really pulled me through and, and got me to the better place. So, uh, I mean, this, this stuff really, really works. Got it. Share one more. What would you say the other of all the lessons that you share in the book? What's another really big one or one that you feel like is really universally applicable that could help add value to all of our lives? Sure. Yeah. You know what? Um, obviously again, there are a lot, but I'm going to go with love yourself like your life depends on it. Ah, I love that. And that one is a, it's a title of a book by Kamal Ravikant, which is fantastic. Love that book. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's uh, like 57 pages. Um, unlike mine, you can read it in one sitting. <laughs> um, and, and here's the thing. And I, I think that, that loving yourself, it's not something that's very easy and it's not something that's very talked about. And, and I think that so much in life depends on that. 
And we are constantly so much harder on ourselves than we are on other people. And if you think about the the self-talk that most people have, I mean, you and I consciously try uh, to train that out of, you know, the, the negative self-talk out of ourselves. You know, we balance it with, a, with all of our affirmations and our sessions of appreciation and all of that. But most people would never tolerate a friend talking to them like our inner voice talks to us. Sure. And the, the big thing about this is, yeah, I think that self-love and self-worth and feeling like you deserve a better future is so important. And it's really the backbone of self-development it's the backbone of feeling like you even deserve to, to have a great life. It, it, it determines what you will attempt in life and how many people you will try and serve and impact. Because if you don't feel good about yourself, you're not going to uh, you're not going to feel good about spreading a great message or you're not going to go to the gym or you're not going to uh, to read the book or you're not going to journal or, or partake in your miracle morning practice or read life lessons from dad if you don't feel like you're worth it at some at some core level. So I really think that your self-worth really puts a cap on how much you can appreciate and get out of life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I read that book while I had cancer. And I was like on this high of self-love and teaching it at, our, at the... Ma- you know, I run a mastermind a couple times a year and we were, I was teaching it at the mastermind. And in fact, one of our masterminds, I bought mirrors for everybody, like these little hand mirrors. And then everybody got like, they pulled it out and I had them do some self-love in the mirror, you know, talking to themselves. Yeah, I'd love to hear the tangible, like, is it affirmations or how do you actually implement? How does somebody listening practice self-love? Because it's kind of a, A, it's definitely a soft topic. You know, it's a lovey topic. But how do you actually do it? How do you facilitate self-love in a way that's impactful? Well, it, well, thank you for that. And actually, there's a, a couple of quick ways. But first, I just want to say that a lot of times, and, and this has been my inner critic, is that that I don't always feel worthy or deserving of true success. Yeah. And yeah, that was an inner critic that, that talked to me for years. And even when I accomplished you know, some, some pretty significant things in my life, there would always be that chirping inner critic at the back. So the first thing that I, that I think that people should know and understand is that you are worthy and you are deserving. And this is a philosophical thing that, that I go into deeply in the book. Hmm. But uh, one of my friends talked to me about this and he said, you know, Chip, uh, and we were talking about this whole inner critic and not feeling worthy. And he said, tell me something. Did you love your son when he was born? And I'm like, gosh, of course. You know, I almost tear up every time I mention his name. Yeah. And, uh, and he says, well, let me ask you, did he do anything to deserve that? And, and the answer is, you know, accomplishing something or, or doing something or whatever. And the, the answer to that is no. I mean, other than being a, a creation of God, a spectacular creation of God, which is another lesson in, in itself. But he is deserving of love because of who he is. And, and I think that's something that all of us, gosh, I mean, every single one of, one of us human beings are seeking self-validation and seeking to feel good. And the thing is, you deserve that. And it, it is part of your birthright as just being a human and divine creature of God. And I'll use the word God. You know, some people can say universe or whatever. But that is one of the biggest concepts that you have to get out as far as the self-worth part. 
So yes, you put that in your affirmations. You say that I am a spectacular creation of God and you, and you, you repeat that and you have it every morning that you read to try and introduce it into your psyche. So that is definitely one of them. Okay. Um, another, another tangible tactical thing that I would say is to actually write yourself a love letter. And these are the things that you do and, uh, and get as specific as you can. And it doesn't have to be about accomplishment. In fact, it really shouldn't because you don't want your self-worth contingent upon, did I accomplish this, this, or this? No, I mean, it is uh, divine and it's inside of you already. But write that, that love letter just as you would write it to a spouse or a child that you, that you truly love. Um, another thing that I will do is uh, create an idealist. And that's something that's that is also another life lesson. But that is come up with as many ways to show self-love as you can. And that can be to schedule a massage. It, it could be to take a day off during the week because, dang it, you deserve it. And you should sharpen the saw and you should uh, take some time off to be sharper. Yes, but also because you're worth doing that. You yeah. know, so those are the types of things that, that you can do. And then, of course, uh, the last part is actually read the book by Kamal that, that we talked about. Yeah, he's got things in there, the meditation, the self-love meditation, talking in a mirror. So all of those are, are good, wonderful things. Absolutely. But really, yeah, I know we only talked about you know one fiftieth of the book, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it's in there. And I, I really strongly believe that those are probably the two most important life lessons that, that we can learn and that we can implement in our life to, to have a better, a better experience of life. And at the end, that's the funny thing is that, you know, none of those lessons were go make a bunch of money. And I know that you have lessons in the book on that, on earning money and that sort of thing. But the two most important lessons, they're internal because at the end of the day, how many people are that make a lot of money that are very wealthy that are unhappy? Why are they unhappy? Because they don't focus on appreciation and they don't focus on self-love, right? At the end of the day, I'm glad you chose those two out of the 101 lessons in the book because at the end of the day, those are two of, you know, maybe a handful of things that I would say would be the most important areas of focus, but it all kind of hinges on how your self-worth and or self-love and then your degree of appreciation that you are aware of and present to in your life. All right. So I want to touch on just one more thing. I know you mentioned the morning routines. I'm kind of big on those, right? Yes, absolutely. Now you're big on the nighttime routines too. Can you expand on nighttime routines? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's more the tactical type of things that, that are in the book. But uh, morning routines are fantastic. I've been doing the Miracle Morning for uh, over three years now. So thank you for that. That's really had a profound impact on my life. You got it. Uh, and, and more recently, the, the nighttime routines. And, you know, my high school wrestling coach had a saying, he's, and, and it was that the will to win is not so important as the will to prepare to win. Mm. You know, because no matter how much you want to win a wrestling match, if you haven't trained and you're not in shape and you don't know the moves, you're you're going to you know have your butt handed to you. That's a great point. Yeah, so preparing for it is the best thing, and to have a great morning, I would suggest actually having a great evening that prepares for it, and uh, and that's just a philosophical type thing. So one of the biggest things is shut down complete, and that is uh, a digital sunset where you turn off the electrical. Uh, things in, in your home, or if you are addicted to your phone or the internet or, or, or your television, which I, I think that most of us are, at the very least, you wear your guilty. Yeah, your, your <laughs> blue block glasses to, to help that and help your circadian rhythm. Uh, so that's, that's one of the things. And I talked briefly about the, the shutdown routine. I do the appreciation at night. And that's something that, uh, that 
really helps get the anxiety out of your head and replaces it with gratitude and appreciation. So that's a big one. And then the wins for the day, or as I believe our friend Jesse Elder says, saving your progress. And that is writing down the things that you did today that you're proud of or that, you know, that, that move the ball forward or whatever. And that gets you feeling pretty good. And it, uh, for me, like I used to wake up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. sweating and wondering, what am I doing with my life? And that is like almost all but eliminated all of that kind of anxiety. So that's part of it. And then I also I take a magnesium supplement before I go to sleep. Uh, obviously brush my teeth and I have a, a ritual that I do with my son and help him brush his teeth at the same time, which is a little bonding and family time. I hug my family. Uh, I turn the temperature down to 68 degrees because I sleep a lot better when it's cold and uh, and generally have uh, something to read right beforehand that's not on a glowing screen uh, that's that just puts me in a yeah that that basically sends me off to sleep in a good way what do you usually read before bed uh, there's a couple of things but it's usually fiction okay because I, I find if i read something self-development or business-wise my my brain brain racing thing, yeah and then i have to get out of bed and journal <laughs> the next day so yeah, so that's usually what I do. I love it. I get that's a question that I wanted to ask you that because I know you're big on the evening routines and it's one that I get because I don't have one. I mean, I could say I have one. It's, you know, I definitely say goodnight to the kids. I'll usually read them a story or a quick prayer, right? But I don't have like a miracle morning type evening routine. And I get asked a lot about what evening ritual people should be doing to set up their miracle morning. And I always just say, do uh, the savers at night. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? Just something I know we're, we're out of time here, but just real quickly, I do have a, a life lesson on, on create your ideal schedule for the week. Yeah, sure that. And ideal weekly schedule. And that encompasses a miracle morning for the, for the mornings and evening routine for that. It's a weekly check-in. It's a, I like to do mine Sundays a- afternoons where you kind of see where you are in life and you check on who you're showing up as, as a person. Uh, and, uh, and all of those being scheduled in, of course, with, your, your deep work times and the time where you take to yourself and that you replenish and do all of that. And that's one of the life lessons. And actually, I have that um, in, in the course uh, on the free companion course with the book. Okay. And where's that? Where can people get that? Uh, they can get that by going to lifelessonsbonus.com. And uh, in it, it's, gosh, I, I think the course is about six or seven hours. So don't let that scare you because you can't take from it like a uh, just like the book, it can be a buffet. You know, if you're not feeling good on your self-worth, go to that section. If you need to know how to get every job you've ever wanted, go to that section. If you need to know how to start outsourcing things in your life, I mean, there's a lesson on all of these and you can just pick and choose, you know, which which ones apply to you and which ones are uh, can, can you know make the most difference in your life. Awesome, man. Well, I know you're sending me a copy of the book. I'm anxiously awaiting. And it just sounds like you did what you know, any parent would and should do, which is to encapsulate all of the lessons. And I don't know, you must just have more wisdom than most because I don't know how many, I, I couldn't fill a 685 page book, uh, Chip. So I'm, I'm impressed. I think it's beautiful what you're doing, not just for your family, but for the world. I mean, like this isn't just a book for your kids. This is a book for everyone to engage in these life lessons. And I love some of the ones that you mentioned, right? How to get any job you want, right? You've obviously, you're extraordinarily successful, as I mentioned in your introduction. In terms of business, you've always have been. So I think this book's going to do a lot of good for a lot of people. And again, if you're listening, uh, you want to go get the book. I'm guessing, by the way, is Amazon the best place to get it or where should people go? Absolutely. Yes, it's exclusively on Amazon for the first 90 days. Perfect. And uh, the book again, everybody, is Life Lessons from Dad. 
101 Ways to Get More from Life from Someone Who Loves You. And it is by my friend here, the one and only Chip Franks. And Chip, thank you, my friend. It's really been a fun time to talk to you today. Uh, Hal, I, I love talking to you. I love you. And and I know I've told you this, but you're the single most inspiring person that, that I know. So thank you for what you do in the world. Oh, dude, that means a ton coming from you, especially because you're up there too for me, my friend. Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Chip Franks as much as I did. He is a beautiful human being. I hope to go get his book on Amazon and at the very least, go get the bonuses at lifelessonsbonus.com. And I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, I will talk to you next week, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 